Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Welcome in, Three Dudes with a View, cold, cloudy Thursday. Welcome in, folks. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. This is our last show of the week. We will be back with you uh, Monday morning, tomorrow, excuse me, tomorrow morning, this time, this station, inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross. As always, uh, if you want to communicate with us, 931-626-3131. That's the front porch text line, 931-626-3131. We are live on video and audio on our website and Facebook. Uh, you can also see the old uh, archive shows of Three Dudes with a View, uh, video and audio by going to Facebook or our, the WKOM website. And as always, we're uh, our shows are podcast or archived. And again, you can go to the WKOM website to find the podcast archives of Three Dudes with a View, or you can go to wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How's the bus running? Everything's running well, Dale. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And are you and all five well? Yeah, we're we're okay. We're we're okay knocking on wood, but uh yeah. We're we're doing as best we can. Y'all had a rough Thanksgiving to New Year's. We did. Uh, uh, children sick, parents sick, strep throat, flu, strep, uh I've already said strep uh, COVID. Uh, yeah, we've just the whole smorgasbord. Yeah, we've had just a little bit of everything. There we go. All right, folks, I am thrilled to see back uh, dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Mr. York. Good morning, Del. <clears throat> Happy New Year to all. Glad to be back. And I want to start this new year off with a nice little poem by A.C. Kaufman. Okay. Now the dance begins again. We circle around a star. Just imagine what we look like from afar. Moving into the future, moving on beyond the night. Let's stay close to one another. Come, let's start the new year right. Let's all shine the light of love. Let's all show how much we care. Let's get very good at being very kind. Let us all enjoy the gift of peace of mind. That's by A.C. Kaufman. That's a, a beautiful poem, um, although I must say that you and Mr. Kaufman are much more optimistic about 2024 than I am, uh, but that's, time will tell. Got to be, gotta be positive, Delk. Start 2024 <laughs> off with a positive ring. Time will tell. I sort of feel like, um, you know, I feel like 1860 over here, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Just go get your musket if you feel that bad. Go get your musket. Well, I'm not sure that's <laughs> what I want to do, but anyway, the uh, somebody, I think a, a New Year's uh, Sprite left a king cake here in this office. Uh, you, you don't know anything about that, do you? Well, you know, it might be due to... Dude, a little elf called York, you know, just let you all enjoy the epiphany of the king cake. 
you know well thank you so much but now just so everybody knows you've uh you grew up in louisiana you've got family there and you've been down there visiting for the last week or so right since christmas yeah yeah i got together with family brothers sisters and found out i got some cousins that live in murfreesboro okay and now tell me what the king cake how how that's a part of the louisiana new year's tradition well, it's it's a Christian thing, you know. You got three colors on there. You got the uh, purple for justice, green for uh, growth, and gold is for prosperity. That's on the king cake, and it, it's about the gifts and and the baby inside the king cake represents the baby Jesus. Okay, uh, and it uh, represents the awareness during the Epiphany season where. People celebrate the coming of, of the Christ, the born, the, the new life of Christ uh, to the earth. And this is, I mean, almost every Louisiana family has a king cake around Christmas, right? Yeah, it starts basically January 6th, uh, but I, they were out a little early, so I made sure I picked some up. Uh, but you start eating them January 6th. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and... Uh, I hope the king cake will bring us the blessings that uh, that that uh, are part of the tradition. That, that's... Now, whoever gets the baby gets a little bit more prosperity. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. We'll be looking for that. Thank you so much. That's really that's neat. Thank you, Mr. York. All right. We also have with us a friend of the station. Uh, just glad to see him anytime we can. We see him. Uh, Representative Scott Specky, how you doing? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right. The legislature begins tomorrow. No, it begins uh, Tuesday, okay. ja- January 9th. Okay. Uh, we are uh, wrapping up all the preliminary details. Uh, we've had meetings uh, about what the rules are going to be and how we're going to uh, conduct ourselves up in the General Assembly this year, and then starting to work on the finalizing the legislation. And so normally what I do is before we go into session, I stop by and I let you know on things that I'm, I'm working on right now. And we thank you for doing that. Not okay. only for Murray County, but for the state of Tennessee. Okay. What's going on? So first of all, we are declaring January 1st a Tennessee holiday. Uh, it is a day that uh, Alabama lost to Michigan. And they were, are not going to be in the SE, are not going to be in the national championship. So uh, we're declaring that day. Clayton, you okay with that, right? You're gonna make Clayton angry over there. I see him fuming right now. Couldn't resist. From a guy that was a Wisconsin fan and then all of a sudden became a Tennessee fan, I think it's pretty rich. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> oh boy, a lot of more. How they change that stripes? When, when others celebrate, when, when, when others celebrate you losing, that just shows you what kind of rent you own in their head. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So keep on trashing them, Scott. (laughs) Go Vols. Roll tight all the way home. Cool down, Clay. Cool down. Glad you enjoyed the cheese citrus bowl, Scott. Congratulations. You beat Iowa. Oh, boy. I digress. Uh, No, uh, seriously. uh, So some of the bills we're working on right now, uh, the first one, a good friend of ours, uh, Chandler Anderson, was one that we worked on this last year on. We tweaked it, and we're bringing it back to the committee at their request. It is assaults on health care workers and health care facilities. Uh, before we had it narrowed down to the individuals, the the committee didn't like that. They just wanted to make it about the facility. So we're going to be running a bill that if you assault a healthcare worker in a healthcare facility, there'll be an es- escalated penalty for that based off of either assault or aggravated assault. Okay. Uh, next one is uh, 
we have an issue with our small buses. If you notice, we got a lot of small buses for schools driving around here, and the state of Tennessee is misinterpreting the federal law, and so it's causing some problems with our private schools that they're having to get these enhanced Department of Transportation certifications. That wasn't the intent of the federal law. So I have to run a bill to clarify that so that so that you have to go through training, but you're not required to get the high-class CDL that you have to have to drive a school bus, the small ones, not the big ones, the small ones. And that's a, I mean, I'm sure that's very important to a lot of schools. It is. It's putting a, a public and private. It's putting a lot of problems on them trying to find those drivers to drive those small, you know, 13, 14 passenger right, buses. Right. So we're going we're gonna to fix that. Uh, the other one is the math bill I've talked about. Uh, we're, yeah. We'll be running the math bill here in Tennessee, and what it's going to do is going to start to lay out the process, uh, looking for uh, professional development for our teachers, looking at our uh, teacher prep providers, and then trying to come up with a a, a manner of how we're going to deliver mathematics in K through 12, and especially in K through 8, how we're going to deliver mathematics going forward and making sure the teachers get all the proper supports and training they need to deliver mathematics at a high quality level in Tennessee. And Scott, do you want to talk about um, what we've just seen that came out over the holidays, and we haven't discussed it yet on this show, the uh, A through F gradings mm-hmm. for uh, the schools, which came from the uh, State of Tennessee, yeah. Commissioner of Education, over the holidays. Will you ask me that question when I get done? I will. and Because and it's a little bit more detailed answer i got to give you on that. That's, that's a deal. Fair enough. Yes, sir. Uh, after the math bill, we are working on some stuff specifically trying to address some issues that Murray County has. Uh, one is we're working on uh, the real estate transfer tax. Every time you sell a home, there's a tax that the state levies on you, and that goes to, to the state of Tennessee, and it goes into our general fund. We're working on a bill right now that would allocate some of that money to come back to the counties to be used for um, schools, debt, school maintenance, or school capital. Uh, upwards, if, if we're successful with this bill, it's going to have a big fiscal note, which is going to be tough in, in a tight budget this year. But if we're able to pass that bill, it could mean 4 to $5 million coming back to Murray County that next year to help with our schools. I'm sure the commissioners and the taxpayers, the property taxpayers mm-hmm. of Murray County will be delighted. We're going to try to get that passed yeah. for us. And then we're working on an adequate facilities tax adjustment, uh, increasing from from a dollar to a dollar fifty to, to allow the counties to garner a little bit more money to help pay for those schools and the school's maintenance. Adequate facilities is a little bit more expansive where they can use it for fire halls, police stations, libraries, things like that. So hopefully we can find another revenue source for them based off of growth to help pay for growth as as it develops in Murray County. Okay. And then the last one we're working on is sales tax. Uh, We're trying to figure out the sweet spot of for maybe a five, a three or five year pilot program where we at the state allocate some of the sales tax that's generated throughout the state and allocate that money to come back to, to the counties for school maintenance, school debt, and school capital. We're looking on that one possibility of another four to five million if we're able to pass that coming back from Murray County. So if you put it all together, if we can get those three passed, you're looking at potentially around 10 to $11 million coming back to Murray County for our schools. Well, and um, counties, not just Murray County. Uh, Across the state of Tennessee. Yeah, counties are hurting because their property tax base, are, they're, 
their tax base is the property tax, mm-hmm. and that's being stretched to the limit. Correct. And so we're trying to we're trying to find a revenue stream that can come back to, to the counties to help out with that major cost that they have, which is schools. Yeah. So working on that. Um, there's another law that was brought, another bill that's been brought to me by someone locally here in Murray County. It's called Brittany's Law. Uh, this this uh, mother's daughter died of an overdose from fentanyl. The problem was she was in a group of people that weren't that weren't overdosing, and nobody helped her. And they watched her die. And so we're working on a bill that you are be, you will be required to render assistance to somebody through nine one one or notifying authorities that if if you see somebody that's overdosed to notify authorities. That's all it does. And so we're working on working on the nuances of that with the criminal justice team uh, up there in Nashville. And hopefully we can get a compromise on this. But I think we'll be able to get that passed to say, look, if somebody's overdosing, render help to them, please. Yeah, that does bring up a number of complicated legal issues. But I'm just I, I, I was going about to say I don't, I don't, I don't know if that would that would stick. Well, it's it's a great idea. Uh, I think it's uh, well, we have good Samaritan laws. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's just applying it I to mean, someone who's overdosed. The concept is right. Uh, it's legally tricky, and that's the tricky part. And so, yeah. legal's working on that one for me, trying to see if we can thread yeah. the needle on that one to make sure that we, uh, we we we're not in violation of anybody's constitutional rights or violation of the Constitution. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, but Scott, on that, if someone renders some kind of aid and it goes awry, then that person's going to be liable for. It. Well, no, I think what they're what what the bill's going to be, Mister York, is you have to call nine one one. That's it. You have to call nine one one. Oh, you have to call some kind of help emergency service. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because the people well, the people that were in the room with her just watched her die. Yeah. But Mister York, you're right, though. In general. You know, if you stand aside and do nothing, then you're not liable. But if you do something and you do it negligently, right. or, then you can be liable. And so that's another one of the legal nuances that, you know, right. the, the legislature is going to have to look at to iron that out. So uh, we got a couple more, but I know we're up against a break. So we'll take a break and I'll come back and finish the list. And then, Doug, you can ask me the question about A through F. That's the plan. This is George Rawls with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because he changed mine. (laughs) 
Buicks of today are among the most dependable and luxurious vehicles in America, and Parks Motor Sales has them all. Find excellent deals on the Buick LaCrosse, Cascada, and Regal. Parks has SUVs, the Encore, Enclave, and Envision. Their exceptional staff can help you find your best fit with financing for your budget. For a vehicle that has everything, experience the new Buick. For a dealer that has everything, experience Parks Motor Sales. Visit 919 Nashville Highway or Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now, you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me, painfree.com, or call 615-551-9224. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Surex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm, and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. It's cloudy. It's cold out there, folks. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is over there fiddling with the buttons and dials. How's it going, Clayton? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And we are delighted to have back after his vacation with friends and family in Louisiana, uh, Mr. Jim York, dude number one. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Del, let me mention right quick two people that I celebrate often when I go home. One, uh, Miss Ida Gabriel, she ran against Wilma Rudolph in track. She's 96 years old. Oh, wow. wow. And and she said, well, I didn't beat her, but I gave her a tough run. <laughs> <laughs> now, is she a friend, of, acquaintance, a friend of yours, Miss York? Yeah, she's a friend of mine. She goes yeah. to my church down there in New Orleans. Okay. And uh, she's, she's, she's looking well, up and around. She uses a walker from time to time. And then the other lady that's, that's I really celebrate, is my best buddy's mom. She's 103 years old, Miss oh, wow. Mamie Martin. Wow. And and she's very mentally uh, fit. She can talk and discuss and, and a real bright young lady. And, and, and uh, I celebrate her continuing life. She's reaching her 104th birthday this year. Wow. And so she is the mother of your best oh, my friend? Be- my classmate, my uh, Earl Martin, my classmate. You grew up with him there in Louisiana. Yeah, we grew up together. He went in the Marine Corps. That's the one I was telling you. I did gunfire support while I think while he was on shore in Vietnam. He he was in the Marines. I was in the Navy. Wow, wow, that's a great trip. Now, tell me about the food you had while you were down there. Oh man, I, I'm gonna make your lips water. <laughs> Gumbo, boudin, uh, uh, roast duck. Peking duck, man, all kind of good stuff. But uh, 
more of the gumbo. Uh, there, that gumbo just sticks to your ribs. Red beans and rice. I had some red beans and rice. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> when does the next plane leave? <laughs> <laughs> And it's got that good Cajun seasoning in it that sticks with you for a while. You can still taste it after you drink a Coke. You know? <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, it's always great to hear about what uh, what you did down there, your friends, family, and the food as well. Yeah. Went by my brothers. I got a chance to visit with them, my brothers and my sisters. How I met my new cousins that live over in Murfreesboro. I didn't even know they were there. They didn't know I was over here. Okay. Wow. All right, that that's uh, it's great to hear about it. Glad you had a good Christmas. We did miss you though. I'm telling you, we had people asking, "Where's Mr. York? Where's Mr. York?" So, welcome back. All right, well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Representative Scott Sapecki is with us. He's been giving us an update on what he expects in the upcoming session of the Tennessee Legislature starting next Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, he's still in the middle of that. So, Scott. Take it away. Not a problem. So uh, working off the bills that we're working on right now, second next one up is one that came from someone locally here. Uh, the technology does exist now to put human vaccines into our food sources. And so we're going to run a bill that, that declares that if there's a, a food source that has a human vaccine in it, it will be labeled as a pharmaceutical and you'll be, you'll have to get a doctor's prescription to be able to get that, that, that food because you get into issues with overdosing, underdosing. And the problem is with vaccines is if you underdose them, then your body can develop the immunity to them. And so you got to make sure everything is metered out properly. And so just to keep it from being so random, we thought it'd be wise to make it a pharmaceutical so doctors would prescribe. If there's lettuce that has a human vaccine in it, then they would know exactly how much of it for you to consume based off of what would you weigh, your size, et cetera. Yep. Will that raise the cost of that product, Scott? Absolutely, it will. Absolutely. So why, why are you... Why are you raising the cost of a product? Well, what we're doing, Mr. York, is trying to trying to prevent people. If you walk in, currently the way the law states right now, Mr. York, if you walk into Kroger and one head of lettuce has a vaccine in it and the other head of lettuce doesn't, and you may have an allergic reaction to, to, to that vaccine, if it's not declared to you, you won't know which one it is. Plus, well, it should have a label on it, huh? Well, they're not required right now because the federal law deals with interstate commerce. And so interstate commerce is affected by federal law. So it would, they frown heavily on states putting individual uh, restrictions on things that, are, that travel from state to state. And so what all we're going to do in Tennessee is it says, you can do it. It's not a problem if you do it, but it's going to have to be a pharmaceutical. So if you're taking something, you know how much to take. You just don't walk into a pharmacy and say, give me 100 pills or something. Well, that's the same equivalency. You can't walk in and say, hey, I'm going to eat this head of lettuce. Well, you don't know how much to eat, how much not to eat. Well, I mean, how real is the threat, danger, possibility it's that not. vaccines are going to be put in, you know, produce? They already have it in California in tomatoes, and uh, tobacco companies have already put it in, into tobacco plants where it can be in cigarettes. The technology already exists. Technology already exists. Good grief! So, uh, what would be the motivation? Well, if you think of the application worldwide, the third world countries, right for polio or whooping cough, right? It's tough to get. You know, in those third world countries, it'd be tough to get that vaccine to every individual person on a consistent basis. Whereas, if you put it in a food source, they can consume it countrywide quicker. It has a, a, an application for it. The problem is, is we don't have that problem in the United States or in developed countries. We have a good distribution uh, system for, for, for drugs and, and uh, vaccines. 
but if you put it into a food source and you just allow it to enter in, what happens if you overtake something, right? Um, amoxicillin, right? It used to be the drug that we all went to. But we've developed so much of immunity to it because it was prescribed all the time that now amoxicillin doesn't have the same kind of uh, punch that it used to have. So, does this have to do with the COVID vaccine? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. well, basically, what you're saying is is because I've read about this, y'all are just trying to basically, if there's mRNA in mm-hmm. anything, yes, you want it labeled, yes. Ooh, that's well, be why don't we just put a label on it instead of passing laws that raise the price of products? That's government overreach as well, far as I'm concerned. Well, the problem, Mr. York, is I don't have – when it comes to interstate commerce, um, I'm in violation of the Commerce Clause. I can't say to a company in California, you have to label something – on all your products in the country being from Tennessee. All I can control is Tennessee. But if I put that labeling requirement in Tennessee, I'm now in violation of the Federal Commerce Clause. Well, why don't the Congress just take that up instead of states prohibiting folks from having products that they want and they use? Well, Mr. York, there's no one saying you can't have lettuce. All we're saying is that if you're going to have lettuce that has a, a human vaccine in it, then you're going to have to have a doctor prescribe that for you. I mean, I can definitely see, you know, California and the Biden administration, they're vaccine deranged. Uh, and, uh, well, that's where this is being developed at, no, at UC Berkeley. Uh, Gate, I think it wasn't Bill Gates behind Correct. some of this, too. Correct. Yeah, they're vaccine deranged. And uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot, of, you know, my doctor is saying, I do not recommend the current vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I don't want it. So you should have a right. I mean, if you want to get it, just make sure you're going to get it in the proper nobody, dose. Nobody should be able to sneak it to me. Correct. Well, that, and that's 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 the whole point. That, right. Yeah. So, so. Uh, moving on. Uh, we have a problem in our schools and our community with vaping. Uh, we have yeah. we have minors that are vaping in our schools right now, and the penalties are very unclear. And we have vendors that are selling uh, kids underage vaping materials. I will give the sheriff, I believe it was the sheriff's department, did a bust uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and it was huge. Yeah, the, the, uh, most of the sheriffs partnered with that statewide, and we have a problem. And so... Oh, the, there is a problem. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, it's like cigarettes was mm-hmm. back 20 years ago, or tobacco but but yeah i i agree it, it it is bad so what we're going to do on on uh chairman doggett from giles county uh he's working on a bill to um strengthen the penalties to vendors who sell to underage people vaping materials which is against the law right now uh and then at on the schools we've got them all over our schools right now which is against school policy but there's really it's very vague on what the penalties are and so we're going to at the state level we're going to create policy uniformly across the state that because vaping is against the law if you're right. a minor right it'd be 21 think, right. right it's against the law so if you're caught vaping in a school it, it'll probably lead to a mandatory suspension well i mean if they're a juvenile wouldn't it kind of fall back on the parent too? Well, you can, but there's yeah. there's been problems with that about like if if one of your kids drives your car and goes out and, and runs over someone's mailbox, technically they're responsible for it, but they can come after you. Right. But how much control do you have over your kid if they go to a grocery store and they buy a vaping material? You don't. So it, it that is what somebody's talked about, but, yeah. we're, but we're like, look, if we just make it where the way you affect the parents is if it's a minor, a minor cannot be suspended without parental oversight. Well, why don't they deal with the person that's selling it to them, just like we they are. do cigarettes and alcohol? Yeah, we are, Mr. York. We're going to stiffen the penalties I mean, on that. Uh, right now, that, I, I that's think where it's, the penalties ought to be. Yeah, I think right now it's $50 for an offense if you get caught. 
as a vendor? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, right. I noticed several of them had gotten arrested. Right. And, uh, and so yeah. now we, we're probably going to escalate it or maybe the first five or $50, then the next five or 500, then the next five or 5,000. And if you continue to do it, you lose your license. That, I mean, we just got to stop this. This is bad for kids to do. Well, stuff. you know, I'm against the suspension, Scott. We already got a problem with education and learning in Tennessee, and you kick the kid out for a week, month, whatever. That's putting them further and further behind. Well, Mr. York, if they just follow the rules, they don't get kicked out of school. Yeah, but if the vet, if the vendor wouldn't sell it to them, they wouldn't have it. If they just followed the rules, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. It wouldn't be in their possession. Get the businessman instead of hitting the victim. We we are Mr. York, but if you would just if the people would just follow the the law, they wouldn't there wouldn't be an issue with the law. They're not following the kids aren't following the law. They know it's illegal, but they're they're and they know that somebody's going to sell it to them. So, so you are right. We're going to attack it at the vendor, stiffen the penalties for selling the minors, and then we're going to stiffen the penalties in our schools to say, look, don't just don't do this stuff because with vaping, if you go into some of these high schools, the, the smoke's in the bathrooms all over the place. Well, I mean. Well, that's what I was going to say is the, the teachers and the SROs, it's not like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you can smell it like like you can a cigarette mm-hmm. or, or you can actually – yeah, I mean, yeah, there is smoke, but a lot of the stuff you can't even smell. It, it's deflavored. Yeah. You yeah, smell, you you smell, smell the, cherry. You smell the cherry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of put in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I mean, again, it's... It, just follow the rules. Yeah, it's tough. Just follow the rules. Uh, also, we're working on a bill for artificial intelligence. This is the great frontier, right? Artificial intelligence in our schools. We're going to run a bill that base all it says is that our universities and our K-12 through schools, our, our districts, are just going to have to come up with an a- AI policy on how teachers can and can't use AI and how students can and can't use artificial intelligence. we just got to get a handle on this. We've got problems with plagiarism in our, in our, um, in our colleges and universities where they're writing term papers with artificial intelligence right now. I'm tell- I, yeah, I was, I was kind of playing around with it a couple of months ago, and I put in – uh, AI, give me a 30-second commercial script for this so-and-so, and bam, there it was. It, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. You can have you, – you just tell AI, I, I need a 500-word essay on Abraham Lincoln, and boom, within a minute you have it. Yeah. Well, that's that's not right. You're not doing the work. And so we got to put some – now, there are some very good applications for AI on the interaction ability between a student and AI to help them learn and, and, and develop their skills. But we've got to make sure we have some guide rail, some, some guidelines on this and some guardrails on this, or else it's going to get out of hand real quick, knowing that whatever is in place right now with artificial intelligence will be outdated within a couple months. I well, think, most schools yeah, I mean, have a program, Scott, that the professors and instructors are using a program to find out to detect AI. That that is what a lot of colleges are doing that now, when, mm-hmm, because yeah. of the false term papers that they turned in. So they've got. They've got technology to detect that. So what's re- what's really funny is uh, there were some there were some high schoolers here that got caught, and uh, the way they got caught was their papers were perfect. Yeah, <laughs> they were perfect yeah. grammatically and everything perfect, and so it was a red flag. And then they got pressed on, and they they admitted they used AI to generate them. So now you can tell AI to write me a five hundred word essay on Abraham Lincoln and put one percent grammatical mistakes in it. There, but you know this this is science fiction coming true. It is. And, uh, I can't remember who or where, but I was reading, you know, there was an article out there somewhere where they presented this AI, you know, AI, how to solve 
problem mm-hmm. X Y Z, and eventually they eventually the computer says, well, the solution is to assassinate so and so. Now, folks, you know that think think about what how that might work out. Yeah. Think about what that com- computer might be connected to. Whether right. it's your, you know, maybe your medical records or your, I mean, you know, you just don't know or yeah. the SWAT team or whatever. It is the true frontier now. Yeah, it's I mean, scary. It is, but it, it is. I mean, when Elon Musk tells me it's possibly dangerous, it, I believe it. Very yeah. dangerous. I mean, we're opening a can of worms that. You're not going to be able yeah. to put back. Yeah. Well, yeah. these well, computers can actually be they they can turn off and on things. They, so you know. I had someone come to my office up in Nashville to show me about AI. <clears throat> they came to my office and showed me showed me speaking saying something very racial that was AI generated, and yeah. and it looked just like me saying it politically. How this could be used as a weapon, right? And so this is this is the this is the, this is the big frontier. So uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back, and um, I'll finish up with the last one I have. There we go. We got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're three hundred pounds. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to one hundred one point seven WKOM Columbia. It's Terry from Tillis Jewelry. Our customers know us for our one-of-a-kind custom jewelry. And this year, we've outdone ourselves with the TJ Collection Christmas Edition. Feast your eyes on the deco line, featuring a modern twist on the lovely art deco style. You won't be disappointed. We guarantee you'll love everything about the TJ Christmas Edition. Stop by Tillis Jewelry on Columbia Square, where the best surprises come in small, beautifully wrapped packages. Happy holidays from Tillis Jewelry. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Need a little extra cash for the holidays from now until christmas pillar plumbing heating cooling and electrical is giving you a 500 dollars visa gift card when you buy select new hvac systems or receive a 250 dollars gift card with a new tankless water heater and upgrade now with monthly payments as low as 79 dollars. visit happyhiller.com happy you'll be or the service is free call the happy face truck today This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment, sales and rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be the one who has stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls for the Changing. All right, we're back. Three dudes with a view. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. And back from Louisiana, uh, friends, family, and good food, Mr. Jim York. Welcome back. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And we have with us today Representative Scott Specky of Murray County, Kalioka. He has been giving us a, I call it a preview of coming attractions, talking about what's going to happen in the uh, legislature, which Tennessee State Legislature, which convenes next Tuesday for its annual session, usually runs three, four months, something mm-hmm. like that, until yeah. business is done. And uh, Scott, you've been talking about what you anticipate and 
keep on going. So the last one is the the uh, the one that I believe is going to be the the legislative bill of the session is going to be a governor's school choice bill. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Boy. That that is the one. Now ring up the three dudes intro. Yeah, well, that's okay. Really. That's okay. So what we've asked the governor to do is just file a caption bill, Title Forty Nine, and open it up because one of the things we're working on is we keep hearing from the public schools about the advantages that the private schools have in the in the way they teach or how they teach or the requirements for testing or, or data collection. And so what we're looking at, and we're running kind of a little internal study here right now, we're looking and comparing what the public schools have to do on a daily basis versus what the private schools have to do on a daily basis and looking at can we incorporate some of those private school things into our public schools to give them some more autonomy and freedom to focus focus more on educating the kids, doing some less testing, some less data collection. So teachers who go to school and want to become teachers, they're doing what they what they want to do. They want to teach kids. Right. And so uh, we're trying to look at that. Uh, we're trying to figure out, are there things we can do? Because one of the things we have in, in not only our state, but in the country, we have a huge teacher shortage. How can we incentivize more people when they go to college or more people when they want to maybe change professions to get into the teaching profession so that we have a plethora of applications in our schools? If I mean, Clayton, if you want to be a math teacher right now, I can get you a job anywhere in the state today. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We have to get to a point that when there's a job opening, um, and you probably hear sometimes with, with Ms. Hickman on Fridays, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When she applied to Murray County Schools, you could only get a job if somebody died or retired. Yeah. And, Scott, I, you know, I think this is true. Clayton, did we hear this, that, you know, MTSU, which I think for years has been, you know, Middle Tennessee's largest uh, supplier of, te- of teachers. Number one. Only graduated two teachers last year. That's correct. And and, and that's because there were only two who wanted to enter the, enter the profession. And, and there used to be the two plus two program at Columbia State. And I don't even know if that's still happening or not. You know, no. where, where you could go all four years, get your elementary education degree. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't even think that's even – happening anymore. Now, so the te- now, teacher pay though is a problem now yeah. my, my understanding though scott is that the legislature has already passed legislation which within the next year or so would raise the floor to fifty thousand dollars so this is where the school choice bill comes in okay right? so we're looking at things we can teacher do salary starting teacher salary up 50, to fifty thousand but that 000. goes into effect in twenty five twenty six Okay. What we're going to ask the what we're going to ask the governor to do is in the school choice bill roll that into twenty four twenty five, bump it up a year ahead of time. So this upcoming fall. Yes, and then possibly in twenty five twenty six bump that from fifty to fifty five thousand as a final as a, as a final place for a teacher coming out of college. I, you know, to get the kind of folks that you want to get and get them to enter the profession, I think that's the market we're in. You're going to have right. to pay that. So you're going to or have to, more. So you got to pay that. We're looking at possibly looking uh, for child care stipends for teachers. Uh, we're also looking at allowing teachers to become state employees for insurance purposes. Uh, Kirk Haston is a representative from Perry, Perry County yeah. with me. He's a school teacher. Over, he's in. He's the. Um, uh, uh, oh, I just forgot the name of it. Anyway, he's with the school system. When he became a state representative and got the state insurance policy for his family, it saved him five hundred and fifty dollars a month. 
Well, that's real money that a teacher could spend, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so we're trying to figure out ways that we can make um, education as a, as financially attractive as possible, and make education attractive based off of the things that you're that you have to do as a teacher right and take some of those burdens down right our middle school kids they'll roughly take around 14 tests a year that's ridiculous right so we, we're looking at that trying How to many scale weeks that back. school year uh well there's 180 days of school okay Divide so that by seven and you know so, so it's about it's about so, eight months seven months of school Way too many tests, right? But a lot of those are required yeah, like a, by a, us. A test, a test every three weeks or something. So what like we're looking at is, in this school choice bill, can we put things in for the public schools that make them more attractive for people to be teachers, make them more efficient when it comes to what we're asking them to do, and number three, let the teachers spend more time being teachers? So it's not so much going to be a school choice bill. It's going to be an education reform bill on how we're going to educate and reform in public education. And then, you know, do the best you can. And then there's going to be some parents that feel like their their needs aren't being met for their kids and give them an opportunity to go somewhere else. Yeah, That's you all. know, Scott, one of the big issues is that all these tests that during the school year, uh, the teacher winds up basically teaching to the test. Mm-hmm. And and that's not necessarily learning. And and we need to unleash the ability and the creativity of the teachers and stop having scripture lesson plans and all of that stuff for them to teach and let them teach. Let's go back to the old way, you know, just have an achievement test at the end of each year. So that's that what what you two gentlemen are talking about is where we're trying to get in public education. This isn't this just didn't where we are right now didn't happen in a year. No. It's happened over decades. Right. And now what's happened is, and and I'll tell you what what happened, folks, is when COVID happened and all these kids in public schools went home and the moms and dads heard what was being taught and how it was being taught, this is what caused the big change. Because we kept trying to tell people it's the system. The system is broken. We've got great teachers everywhere, but we're tying their hands. We've got to unleash the the abilities of our teachers to go into these classrooms, engage their students. With they got to have discipline, right? You got to be able to sit there and listen and behave. That's why the, uh, Mark White's going to run a bill that you won't be able to have a cell phone on your possession when you're sitting in school. You you have to check it at the door. We've got to get these kids. Oh Lord, that may lead oh. to a violent uprising. And, and you know what? It's not a bad idea, though. It's not I, a bad idea. I can show you the educational decline since 2012 when the iPhone came out in mass distribution. Oh, I got no doubt that my yeah. my IQ has probably gone down <laughs> since so, I got a cell phone. So, <laughs> what I'm going to ask everybody to do is this: hold your judgment on this school choice thing until we see the final language of the bill. Because okay. that's, that's what I got to do. So if I understand what you're saying, you're asking the governor to just let y'all have a blank slate. And let us create it. And and let the legislator – and, you, and what, right. what you've got in mind more at this point is a general education reform bill with mm-hmm. teacher salaries, the works, all included yeah. in it. With an option for those parents that feel like their needs aren't being met and having the income limitations on it and the economically disadvantaged. I mean, if we're going to target the kids that are most in danger, let's give them the first opportunity to have a, a better shot. Uh, and well, so, all kids in danger when they not get taught, Scott. But we, Mich- we just need we just need to open up 
and let teachers teach, hire the best teachers that we possibly can, and, and allow them to use their skills. It's difficult to get teachers as it is, like you're talking about one or two coming from MTSU. That's been going on for years mm-hmm. because there are so many more other jobs yes. that folks can work at that makes a, mm-hmm. a, a great salary than being a teacher. So yeah. we've got to revive the teaching profession all over again. And, yeah, and, I mean, here we go, though, conservative and uh, Democrat and Republican, conservative and, and progressive, though, I think we're all agreed that to get the teachers we need, we have got to get the salary, the teachers that we want and need, uh, we've got to get the salaries and the benefits in line, or we're not going to get them, and we're not there right now. No, you have to, You have to. with the way our economy is right now, we're looking at, at the state. Now, we all know about unemployment rates, right? Right. We're looking at a state of roughly around 2.9 to 3.0. We all know historically that if you're below 5%, you're at full unemployment. We've been below 5% for probably four years. No, and we're looking for professionals. But nobody's going and teaching, you know, right? That's right, Mr. York. And so we've got to figure out a way, like Delk said, we've got to make it more financially and benefit attractive so that there's a bigger pool of people getting into this. And we, we've got to eliminate those tests and things mm-hmm. to make yeah. teachers teach. have a positive experience right. when they do teach. And so what we're looking at is, and that's why I go back to it, is we honestly, we don't want to make our private schools more like our publics. We want to make our publics, excluding the religious component, obviously, we want to make our public schools function more like our private schools with the autonomy uh, and freedom that they have. All right, we, we are about well, to we run need out of to time. Educate every, and, and this is something people ahead, need Mr. to realize. The, the schools are trying to teach every student, and every student will not be a rocket scientist. I don't care how many tests you give him. So we got to be, deal with reality. The teachers are going to teach the very best they can. There's going to be students that rise above. There's going to be students that are below. Accept that reality and create other programs like workshops and stuff to help that student that's not rising above mm-hmm. well there's a lot of activity put going that on back in education there's a lot of activity going on in uh with, with tcats the i mean we used to call them voed schools sure. uh there's a whole lot going on there and that's that's a whole other show and we're about to come to this one and we haven't gotten to the a through f state grading system which came out over the holidays for each of our schools uh across the state and that's a whole nother show too maybe scott we can get you to come sure. back to help sure. us with that yeah i'll, I'll probably st- sneak back in once but, one session settles down a little bit that'd be great hey scott yeah. on the bus issue though i i think we need to keep the requirements for that bus they carry students just like the long buses carry students and mm-hmm. the requirements should not change for driving a dual wheel vehicle they're not going to change mr york but to, but to have the high class level cdl is not it was a misinterpretation from the feds that's all it was so they still have to go yeah, through the I same training cdls ought to be required for all school buses i had a cdl working for the telephone company so they, they, they will mr york but not just a high level that like a tractor trailer driver would have to have yeah there you go all right scott specky thank you mr york welcome back Thank you. <laughs> you got to get in it. All right. See you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.